Good morning, everybody, and hello. Welcome back to the Kelly Green Hour. I'm your host, LJ Harrell, and coming into this week's show, we thought we were going to have excitement. We thought we were going to have a lot of things to talk about, at least a lot of signings to talk about in terms of the Philadelphia Eagles, and we don't. Howie Roseman came out, got gave himself a raise, gave himself some uh, a contract extension, signed one person, and then uh, called it quits. Joining me, as always, is my co-host, Connor Donald. Connor, it has been very, very underwhelming free agency, a start to free agency for the Philadelphia Eagles. Yes, we know that there's a lot of time. Back in 2017, they didn't sign, we'll go with LeGarrette Blunt, until maybe a month later. Obviously, there's a lot of time. There's a lot of players out there. But so far, very underwhelming for the Eagles in terms of who they've, or the action that they've taken at the start of free agency. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, whereas if you love football, this free agency has been awesome. It's mm-hmm. been so exciting. It's so much to follow and keep up on. But as Eagles fans, I mean, I tweeted out last night about maybe 23 million isn't lots to go into an offseason with anymore in today's NFL, which is starting to become a reality. And some people are like, well, look at 2017. I'm not of the belief 2017 is something that is very repeatable across the NFL. Grabbing a bunch of guys, a bunch of veterans on cheap contracts on the last leg of their NFL career, making a Super Bowl run. Now you look at the AFC West, you look at the AFC in general. I can pretty much rule three teams out in the AFC. There's 13 teams. It's a wide open conference. It's going to be crazy to watch. And Howie Roseman has signed Hassan Riddick and brought back. Anthony Harris and Boston Scott and now Fletcher Cox, as we just found out literally as we're coming on the air. And that is the extent of what was supposed to be a big offseason. But you see with the way that everything is going, the money being spent, the money that teams around us had, that 23 million don't get you as far as they used to in the NFL free agency market. Oh, no, it can. But my my thing is, you said the AFC is wide open. The NFC is just as wide open. Oh, you know, sorry. The NFC is wide open to Aaron get Rogers, in. Matthew Stafford, Tom, Aaron Rodgers, Tom, Matthew Stafford are the three best quarterbacks. The NFC East is wide open. Dallas is taking a step back. Uh, Washington, I think, with Wentz, who I, th- I, th- I still think is a competent quarterback, is going to be better than last year. The Giants are still going to stink. So the NFC East is wide open. Um, like uh, Devontae Adams is now in Vegas. So. While Aaron Rodgers is back in Green Bay, they're going to take a step back, you would think. They aren't going to have the, the same offensive weaponry for Aaron Rodgers at the receiver position. <clears throat> um, you know, so the, the, the NFC East, anyway, is there for the taking. We know that there hasn't been a repeat winner since the Eagles back in 03 and 04. Howie Roseman could have come out and solidified the Philadelphia Eagles as the team to beat in the NFC East. He did not do that. You go out and you you, you have holes. You, you know, you have a hole, a pass rusher. So they signed Hassan Reddick, who they, when they signed him and they made the announcement, they said he was a linebacker. I swear to God, if he's playing linebacker and dropping back in coverage and not rushing the passer, Jonathan Gannon needs to definitely go. If that happens, I'm going. He You put out you put out a stat on our um, Twitter page, at Kelly Greenhour, about his first, what, three years in the league when he was pretty much like a drop back linebacker. It wasn't good. And then the last two years, uh, his last year in Arizona, and then last year in Carolina, when he was a when he was rushing off the off the edge, you know, only four guys had more sacks to him in the league over the last two years. Uh, his 23 and a half. If the Eagles aren't util- utilizing him at his best asset, which is rushing the passer, this entire coaching staff needs to be fired. Howie Roseman needs to be fired. Um, you know, you have needs at li- real a real linebacker, and there's names out there. Hopefully, they're going to solidify that in the draft. You know, you need safeties. Both safeties are are free agents. They bring back one, Tyron Matthews still out there. Um, you know, they were apparently in on Marcus Williams. Uh, we don't know that for fact. It's to just be report like Howie's favorite reporters going out. Oh yeah, they were in it, but they're not really offering crap. Um, they still need a CB too. Um, so, and they still need a receive a receiver too. So there's a lot of needs on this team and Howie Roseman could have solidified the Eagles as a team to beat in the NFC East. And he has not done that as of yet. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it goes with that. Yes, we can sit there and say that 23 million is a lot. And there's going to be a lot of people who say, oh, it is a lot. But when you look at some of the teams around you, 
I mean, the Jaguars haphazardly just chucked money around, kind of like um, kind of like Bill Belichick did last year, getting mediocre talent, um, fairly mediocre talent across the board for extremely rich contracts, especially when you look at what Juju went for, when you look at what Michael Gallup went for. Like, $18 million for Christian Kirk was absolutely outlandish, absurd, unnecessarily spent. But when you look at it, when teams are going out and throwing 10 15 million dollars at players that is half of your 23 million dollars so when you look at the Hassan Reddick contract and the fact that it's about 15 million dollars a year you know how he's gonna throw work some magic throw some things in there it's probably really only you know six to ten million dollars a year with some guarantees and stuff to prorate over the five years and so on and so forth but I mean that's a lot of money that's going into people, and that's a quick buck into one person. So, I mean, if we were in on Marcus Williams, it was going to cost us a significant portion of the money we had. We were in on Reddick. That cost a significant portion of what we had. We have some bodies to bring bring back, arguably, and we'll get into it. I don't think Harris and Scott were necessary bodies to bring back at all, no matter <clears throat> the price tag. I know they both came back pretty much on minimums, but still almost unnecessarily brought back um but at the end of the day we were a team that barely made the playoffs last year we got hot when we needed to against a very easy schedule to end the season and Howie is seemingly riding that momentum and I don't think we have that same momentum I don't think we can sit there and say we have that same momentum because we could just as easy start as poorly as we did last year and not be able to get back into things we needed well, to address they, we know that they some got of these back positions the because we know they got back into things last year because the schedule was ridiculously easy they looked terrible against legit quarterbacks but before we continue let's give a shout out to our partners over at the Fight Philly Fight Network absolutely check them out at FPF Network on uh, Twitter and fightphillyfightnetwork.com. Um, obviously, some things have slowed down, but we're definitely going to hopefully get things rolling over there again very soon. But check them out. There's going to be some good off-season content and some always incredible content in season as well. So the one thing you said, $23 million not being a lot, so they, they might not be able to get all the needs. I'm going to guide you towards the Los Angeles Rams. They go out and get Allen Robinson after already having Cooper Cup. After having, um, they have Van Jefferson, they have Robert Woods coming off of injury, they have Tyler Higby still, they have um, the, the, the the running backs, um, Akers and Henderson. They they, they uh, they're gonna have to pay Matt Stafford. They still have money on the other side with uh, Aaron Donald and Jalen Ramsey. So what do the Rams do? They go out and they add another weapon for Matthew Stafford. How are we supposed to judge? It's apparent now that we're stuck with with Jalen Hurts. I'm not a fan of the of it. I want to make an upgrade at quarterback position this year. I'm not going to be able to. So we're stuck with with Jalen Hurts. How are you supposed to judge Jalen Hurts if you're not going to go out there and get him weapons? Yes, he is Devontae Smith. Yes, he is Dallas Goddard. But you, Quez, as, as much as they're talking up Quez Watkins, he's not a number two receiver. I don't care what anybody says. He's not in a legit number two receiver. You need to go out there and improve that X receiver spot. And I wanted somebody bigger across from Devontae. Allen Robinson would have been perfect. Uh, but no, the Rams go out and they're spending the money because the cap does not exist. The cap is not a real thing. So they don't care. They don't care about draft picks. And it worked for them last year. Now, in a couple of years, well, could they be stuck? Sure, probably. But who the heck cares? If you win in a Super Bowl, you're going to make all the money, a bunch of money, and, and nobody cares. Um, obviously, you know, and there's really not fans out in LA. So if the if the Rams were to be a terrible team in two years, yeah, people might not care because that's more of a college town, and they care about the Lakers and Dodgers more than they care about the Rams and the Chargers. The Chargers going out there, they they're giving money, big money out to a bunch of people. They know that they have to make improvements on the defense. So let's trade for Khalil Mack. Um, let's let's get J.C. Jackson. Let's bring in a, a run stuffing defensive tackle. They know where their needs are. They go out there and they they fill them. Again. Be uh, held to the salary cap because it does not exist. It's not a real thing. Um, I'm going to continue to say that because, look, teams will go up against it, whatever, but it, it doesn't matter because you can go over it. Like the, the cap is $208 million this upcoming year, but because of rollovers and adjustments, the Eagles can have like a 224 cap, a $224 million cap. The, Howie Roseman, 
and and I don't know why Jeffrey Lurie lets him get away with this. It, do, it doesn't seem like he, he he cares. He's self-preserving. They're going to trade one of their first-round picks this year so that he, he has another one next year. So when Jalen Hurts fails, he could go and be like, look, I have two first-round picks. We'll trade up for Bryce Young or C.J. Stroud. We'll get a, we'll get a legit quarterback in here, and let's see what, what Nick and, and this offense can do then. But we're not – I don't want to look towards 2023. The division is there for the taking this year. I want a home playoff game. Home playoff games, um, it doesn't guarantee a win, obviously, but it gives you a better chance than having to go to Tampa to face Tom Brady, going to Green Bay to face Aaron Rodgers, going to L.A. to face Matt Stafford. You can have a team come to you in front of the rabbit fan base of the Philadelphia Eagles at Lincoln Financial Field, and that can make a huge world of difference in terms of you making it past the first round, of the wild card round of the playoffs. I hate being the seventh seed. I don't want to be the only reason the Eagles made the playoffs last year because of expanded playoffs. I don't want to be that team. I want to be the team that's a, a top three, top four. And you don't have a top three or top four quarterback in in the, the conference, let alone the league. And that's where the Eagles need to make the improvement. Absolutely. I mean, they definitely need to make the improvement. And they had the opportunity. I mean, it's so to me, thank goodness that everything came out. I said this last week when we came on the air. I think Albert Breer was throwing smoke where there wasn't smoke. I think that, yes, Howie offered a contract, but at no point, or Howie offered a trade, a good trade package, but I think at no point did we ever have a chance for Deshaun Watson because Deshaun Watson never wanted to be in Philadelphia. And I understand that the rumors were there, but it was all about him and him waving his no trade clause. And at no point was there ever a feeling I got that he was willing to waive his no trade clause to come to Philadelphia. We probably had the best offer. We probably gave the best offer because we had the best assets to offer. But at the end of the day, there had to be an agreement between Nick Cesario and Deshaun Watson and an understanding of, okay, I will wave for these teams. I will not wave for these teams. I don't care if Philadelphia's got four first-round picks, Jalen Hurts, and a third and a fifth out there for you. I'm not going there. I don't want to wave my no-trade clause. So I'm glad that that has gotten out of the way, and <coughs> people should have realized from the beginning when the rumors continue to emerge that he would not meet with us, he would not wave his no-trade clause, that it was an impossible thing that he was involved in. Well, do you I want agree. to know what would have changed that? Do you want to know what would have changed that? What the Browns mm -hmm. did. $230 million of guaranteed money. He was The Browns were off his list until they continued to, to keep coming at him. And they said, look, we'll give you $230 million of guaranteed money. And they probably structured his contract to, to a way where if he gets suspended for, say, four or six games this year, it's not going to affect him financially because he, he's going to get more money next year and the year after. That's how you continue. You, you don't take no for an answer until a move is made. I do think that the, the Eagles were still doing their due diligence over the last, you know, couple of weeks, still checking in with him, still, still checking in with, um, you know, the, the, the allegations and whatnot. And, and if they sent a private investigator down there or not, who knows, but I, it, that's what you do. You continue hounding somebody. And if you have to go to that extent that the Browns did, I'm not saying the Eagles should have given them $230 million of guarantee, you know, guaranteed, but that's how you entice somebody to come to you. You you go you continue to hound them, and if the last thing is money, like the 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 rumor or the I, I read something that he he picked Cleveland because the roster is the best. Well, that may be true. The two hundred and thirty million dollars is why he went to Cleveland. Nobody wants to go to Cleveland, but two hundred thirty million dollars. I think everybody. Go to I think there, there also is, and I think it go it goes unnoticed. He had three or four teams that were constantly on his list, and Cleveland was one of them. Atlanta was one of them. Carolina was one of them, and New Orleans was one of them. They were constantly there. It just took the difference of the, one of those four teams to make the difference. I don't think if Philly comes forward and says, we're going to give you $240 million because we know you're getting 230 from Ke uh, Cleveland, that we he would have come. I just don't believe. And what, at, all, at this point, all it's ever going to be is speculation because until somebody gets a report or maybe – um, Deshaun Watson speaks up for himself. We're never going to know, but he was not well. The rumor of him not willing to waive his trade clause and come to Philadelphia dated back to last year. 
Like we're not talking about something. He Howie has definitely done his due diligence. He definitely fielded an incredible offer. I have no doubts he fielded a great offer. Probably a more aggressive offer for Houston than anything the other teams could have offered. But at the end of the day, I just think he had no interest in playing in Philadelphia. And I don't think that was going to change money or not. And to I speak to that contract, taken. by the way, um, they structured it in a way where his base salary, his guaranteed money this season is $1 million. They moved all the money out of next year because they are likely anticipating a suspension that could span the majority of the majority of, if not all of the year. I think it's only going to be a four to six game suspension, but uh, Eagles news, the Eagles have converted $14.88 million of Pro Bowl quarterback Darius Slay's salary into a signing bonus, creating 11.904 million in 2022 cap space. When I read my, I wrote an article about what moves should be made in the off season by the Philadelphia Eagles. There was one contract I put at the very end with a massive asterisk. It was two, Darius Slay and Lane Johnson, because there is a boatload of money sitting at the end of these contracts that when it turns into a post-June cut, they're going to break down 30 or $40 million of dead money between two seasons, and it's going to cost us a fortune at the end of these contracts or when these guys retire or vice versa similar to the fletcher cox i'll uh, look at the fletcher cox contract for uh for a notice on what is what might happen with elaine johnson and the darius slate contracts i did mention darius say restructure was possible and should be considered but it was after a few other moves so i don't know how much i love this move to be completely honest mm. I mean, could, smart, smart for the cap perspective, how he's moving money around. I, he's a little late to the party. There's a lot of big if, names already off the board, so he's late to the party. If, but It wouldn't shock me if they did the same thing to Javon Hargrave's contract. And they need a receiver. Maybe they're going to look to trade for Robert Woods. Maybe uh, they'll call Seattle for DK or, or Tyler Lockett. Maybe they're going to bring in the Honey Badger, Tyron Matthew. They still need another safety because I don't trust Marcus Epps as being the, the, the second start, starting safety. But – there are they need to get a second receiver and they need a vet because I don't want to bring in another rookie when Greg Ward is your oldest receiver at the age of what 26 whatever he is like that, that yep. that's not what what I want we need a vet um would, would I consider Jarvis Landry yeah if if you're exhausting all your your resources and you can't get a, a Robert Woods or you can't get a DK or you know, there's there's another receiver out there that you might potentially be able to trade for. Um, you know, Odell Beckham Jr. It all depends on what his his rehab is looking like. Um, I don't know if he'll be ready by the start of the season because that injury happens in the Super Bowl and it, it's crazy. But uh, you know, crazier things have happened where he could potentially be back. But they do need to get a veteran receiver in here. That's what they need to get for the offensive side of the ball. Um, you know, obviously, besides an upgrade at quarterback, the, the offense would be set and all the holes, majority of the holes, I should say, which, you know, would be on the defensive side of the football. Um, they got Hassan Reddick, who we, we talked about him coming home, playing at, from Camden, having played at Temple. Um, hopefully they use him correctly and put him at the at, at end and let him rush the quarterback. Um, you know, now we need to get CB2. Now we need to get a linebacker, you know. Get a linebacker in here. Maybe they, maybe this is the year with three first round picks. If they keep all three first round picks, they could take, they could draft a linebacker. Which still getting, you know, whether it be a defensive end um, or a a, a corner or an offensive lineman, whatever. That means with three first round picks, you you could go outside the box up out of the norm of what you usually do, and that would be the linebacker. They, they I, I'm still, I really do hope that they. They're, they're, I know he he's a little older, and his game wasn't that great last year, but I would love to bring Tyron Matthew in here. I love Matthew coming out of college, and I know that he had that short stint at LSU for pretty much leaving the team or getting kicked off the team, but I, I was a huge advocate for the Eagles drafting him, and obviously they did not. He went to Arizona. <clears throat> but, um, yeah, that, that's what I'm doing. I'm, I'm – Calling up the Honey Badger and seeing if we can get get him in here. I, I, or he calling up Bobby Wagner and seeing if we can get him to play the middle. I wanted Jordan Hicks potentially, um, but he went to Minnesota. 
um, somebody with familiar familiarity um, with the with the team, with the with the city, um, and somebody who's p- played really good ball since leaving here and not being injured. That the, the holes are needed. They have cap space. They need to do something leading up to the draft. But I I just have zero faith in Howie Roseman. Yeah, I mean, I think we're reaching a point in the offseason where literally he he is waiting for some of those guys' markets to kind of dissipate a bit. And he's going to swoop in and he's going to make an offer similar to, you know, like Steven Nelson giving a prove-it deal with, you know, some money that, that some dead money for this year because we're paying Steven Nelson X amount of money this year as well, whether he's on the team or not. He's probably going to rig something up like that on a one-year contract with a few guys and hopefully lean a lot on the draft class, probably lean a lot on the draft class at this point. But like you said, like the the two biggest needs, edge was a need. But the two biggest needs to me was safety and wide receiver too. And how underwhelming it has been They that we've seen any type of really reports of interest, of meetings, of anything – is really quite disappointing on Howie's part. I've seen a lot of guys say, oh, Howie knows there's needs, there's stuff coming. But the, as the names continue to roll off the board, what how, what type of moves can you really make that are going to be difference-making moves for next season that differentiate you from, like you said, the rest of the NFC East, NFC least, that we're pretty much all on par at this point. I, almost, I don't think I'd rule anyone out as the gimme guaranteed to win the division type of team i mean the giants are probably the weakest team and most discombobulated team but they have a new coach in town and stuff you know you never know what you're gonna see there but i'm not prepared to rule anyone as a favorite in that division because none of them are doing all the cowboys have really done is release people and bring in some subpar talent you know like james washington's in the door and stuff and Washington brought in Carson Wentz, but they had to release a bunch of names as well to make sure that they could fit Carson Wentz in. And the New York Giants have not really done much because they're kind of in a mess of their own besides release players. And then the Eagles had an opportunity to do things. They haven't really lost a lot of big talent, like important talent to make in a run or to standing out in the NFCs, but they haven't really brought anything in the puts them above the rest so overall it's just been so disappointing like you expect he sees these needs I expected linebacker to be some addressed in the draft I didn't expect it to be something how he went wild on in in um in free agency he's gonna wait for some markets to crater and he's gonna swoop in on some guys hopefully it'll work out better than last year but he's just waiting on markets to crater at certain positions. And it's not great because, you know, we talked about the wide receiver two position. And one of the names that constantly came up is that big X was Zach Pascal. And it's like, it's looking more and more every day. Like that's, what's going to happen. Those types of super underwhelming. Yes, it was a need, but no, the guy hasn't done anything to stand out at that position in the NFL type of moves, which is the, typical Howie Roseman move so overall I've been disappointed as far as the Eagles offseason goes Hassan Riddick home run like you said great signing don't use him as a linebacker he was incredibly bad in coverage and I think that's what led to the move inside to the edge position he can play off ball you can use him as maybe a Russian linebacker periodically and you know he he actually does pretty well against screens and in the flat so if he's got to cover something like that he's pretty good there and in pursuit But once you get him out into the middle of the field and going five, ten yards downfield, he becomes incredibly weak. And that's where you don't want him to be, is moving downfield with a tight end or a running back or a slot receiver. Um, But yeah, that was a home run as long as they use him right. But I know versatility is a big thing, and I think that's going to be something we're going to see with Reddick. And I think Gannon might want to play a lot more 3-4 type of deal. And that's where, you know, Reddick, you have him be the – Stand up, stand up, rushing outside linebacker. Of all the moves made throughout free agency, Connor, which was your favorite or the best one you think that was made? Oh boy, there was a lot of good ones. I felt there was a lot of good. Listen, I can give you one that I hate it because I hate it. Christian Kirk, I thought that was a really bad move from a money perspective. I'm, I'm glad that the Eagles didn't get him because I, apparently they made an offer, but uh, for what he got paid, I'm definitely glad that. And I don't, because I definitely don't think he's worth being what the fourth or fifth highest paid receiver in the game. Mm-hmm. 
If I were to, oh boy. Do you have one? Well, I'm thinking here. Do you have one that stands um, out I mean, big I like, time? I like what the Raiders have, are are doing. Uh, like, I was gonna say, like, can we pick a team? Like the because Raiders. Yeah, the Raiders, the Raiders were slow to Chandler come out the gate. Jones. Like I was laughing at my buddy who's a big Raiders fan because I'm like, man, you guys are in the strongest division and you've done nothing. And then they made the big Chandler Jones move, traded for Rocky Sin, got Nagakwe off the books, and then the Devonte Adams deal for a one and a two, yeah. plus giving him the deal, like. Overall, they came and in that, out of nowhere. And that contract, which everybody was saying, well, it was five. Well, it was averaged out to 28 and a half or whatever. It's actually like really a three-year deal. It's not really that five-year deal that, that was – He just, I guess they added a bunch – they backloaded a bunch of it to make it seem like he got more on a year per a, – a yearly average than the, the DeAndre Hopkins. But it's really only a three-year deal. And again, you're giving up a, third, a one and a two. I – how Howie doesn't make that call. Now, maybe Devontae just wanted to go to the Vegas to play with Derek Carr because they they went to college together. They're really close friends. He has a home in Vegas. Okay, I get it. But if he did not at least make the call, again, Howie didn't deserve that three-year that um, three contract extension. Um, but I like what the Raiders are doing. And they knew that they had to do it because that division is stacked. Like, the Chiefs <clears throat> have the best quarterback in the, in the division, if not in the league. And, like, they made one move. They got Justin... Justin Reed, like, but they still probably the best coach team in, in that division. Um, we know what the the Broncos did in getting um, Russell Wilson um, with that offense. If they could get the if they can get the defense like if they can get the defense fixed with the uh, they already have they haven't started with the one of the better young corners in the league and Patrick Sertan and and S- Justin Simmons as a safety like they have a chance to really be a good good defensively. And then the Chargers, like I mentioned, you have Justin Herbert, and then you go out, get Mac, get J.C. Jackson. Um, you know, they're, they're, they're going out and, and proving that that's, that division is going to be amazing to watch. Um, I also, I mean, I think one of the surprise deals, now I know that the length and the money isn't really it because, like, obviously they added dummy years. And, but Von Miller going to Buffalo on a reported six-year $120 million, which – I, I read it, it really is like a three-year deal for like 60 mil, a little something like that. Um, but that deal, I was shocked because, you know, <clears throat> there was talk of him maybe going back to Denver, talk of him going to Dallas. I'm glad he didn't go to Dallas. Maybe him going back to L.A. But the Bills coming out and swinging because they, they're tired of losing to the Chiefs in the playoffs. They, they, they want to host the playoff, a game against the Chiefs. They want to get that number one seed. Um, so that, that, that was a huge – surprise i i didn't think that buffalo was in the running for von miller yeah definitely and i mean a lot of these deals are working out the same like they they have a lot of of potential outs earlier in the contract like von miller's deal is essentially a three-year deal as much as we criticize a christian kirk deal it's essentially a two-year deal like a lot of these deals probably won't see won't be seen through to the end of the contract that's likely not it. Von Miller's 33, going to be 33 years old by the time next season starts. There's no way he plays till the age of 39. Like a lot of these contracts were just really intelligently played out by the teams to just load the guarantees on early, make sure that, you know, the first half of the contract was a lot better where they had the money to spend. And then maybe, you know, if things aren't working out or things aren't like they used to be, you restructure, you release, you attempt to trade when there's less dead money, no real guarantees necessarily, and another team can deal with the mess. So I really respect that a lot of these teams have made some very good moves as far as putting the potential outs into contracts. And I think that's what stands out to me about some of these teams instead of what Howie's doing. Howie is the king of restructures, but there are a lot of people a lot of managers out there who are the kings of just getting a smart original deal in place. And that's what puts some like the Rams and Tampa Bay in better positions than Howie with the Eagles, because he's got these big contracts that originally look really good, but then he starts restructure this, restructure this, restructure this, restructure this. And he opens up money each year. But at the end of it all, when the cap goes up $30 million, really for us, some of the dead money that piles up at the end makes it so that we basically break even. We're flat on the cap because of all the dead money that piled up. 
but they, it looks like there's this prospect that we he's done a lot and that there's a lot of money opening up but really he just goes one year at a time and opens up a bit here opens up a bit here opens up a bit here and that's what he's done with a lot of contracts whereas you could be a lot smarter and do some of these contracts like we're seeing especially the von miller deal um chandler jones he had got three years 51 million it's essentially two years 34 million you know there, there's some contracts there that that are just that were just really that they're just really intelligently laid out at the beginning that you, so you don't have to worry about the back end. Yeah. Um, and everybody wants to talk about the cap guru and, and he knows what he's doing in, in terms of Howie. I just don't see it. Um, and it's very frustrating because we all had the anticipation that the Eagles are going to come out and come out swinging, so to say. Um, and and trying to make moves to moves to improve the team, and as I mentioned before, the NFC East is there for the taking. And right now, the the, the Eagles, they don't, they they still have the same hole. I don't know if this team is better now than it was at, in the game against Tampa in the playoffs, in the wild card game against Tampa. I just don't know if they're a better team right now. Um, can they get after the quarterback? Sure, but who's covering? the second receiver who is um you know who are linebackers we know tj edwards alex singleton is gone granted i'm I'm glad about that he's in denver he's good to go but like who are other linebackers um i just don't as of right now and obviously there's still a lot of time in the pre uh the off season to go we still have um the 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 draft we still you know the rest of free agency and whatnot so we hit you know a camp but it's a rookie camp but still this team is not better and that's the frustrating part. They need to find a way, and and maybe with creating this cap room with Darius Slay's contract, they potentially could do the same with Javon Hargrave's contract. You know, maybe they're opening it up for a trade or they're just saving it to roll it over to next year. Which again, like self-preserving. I I don't want that. I I want a team. Again, I'm gonna mention it. I want a first-round playoff matchup at home at the link in front of our fans. If you can, if we can get a, a a a playoff game in front of our fans, that makes a world of difference. We saw it back in twenty uh, two thousand and uh, seventeen. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, at this point, like to me, Javon Hargrave was the one you should have done before Darius Slay. Javon Hargrave was the guy you should have. His is his makes more sense because you can make it an extension. It doesn't have to be a restructure. You extend, you throw some more money, you turn some of that salary this year or next year into guaranteed money in a brand new contract. And you add a couple years and suddenly Javon Hargrave, instead of being here for this year, and I believe next year he's only got two years left, you can keep him around for four years. But you move a lot of that money around now. Um, and turn it into guarantees in a fresh new contract, which I thought was a way better. That was one of the ones I put at the top of my list. I think it actually might have been at the top of my list in that article I wrote was to extend Javon Hargrave and move some of that money around because Javon Hargrave still, I think he's 28 years old. Like he's not that old from a defensive tackle standpoint. He's still productive. He's still being very productive for us. Whereas. I don't want to say Darius Slay is going to be on the back end of his career, but let's be real. He is on the back of his, back end of his career. He's a, He is elite, but how much longer are you going to have this elite production for? All it could take is an injury, or all it could take is just that one year of aging that slows everything down. And we, we don't know. You don't know when that's going to happen, and especially at the cornerback position with how much faster wide receivers are becoming and how much better wide receivers are becoming and how different types of breeds of wide receivers are in this league. How much longer can we trust that a 32-year-old cornerback continues to produce at this elite level and pushing money down the road for him? I always thought the Javon Hargrave extension made way more sense in my eyes. But what frustrates me the probably the most about this is how we went out and he made it clear multiple times this offseason, Jalen Hurts was a guy. He wants him to be the QB1. And we're going to build around him. And they have done absolutely nothing on the offensive mm-hmm. side of the ball. Zero. And I understand there's still a draft to come. I get it. But let, I don't want another first-round wide receiver. Three straight years of first-round first round wide receivers. 
doesn't make sense to me. It just doesn't. Like we've been saying, the average age of this this room at this present moment is like 24 years old. We need to get a vet in-house. Go draft and on day two, go ahead and draft a wide receiver. I'm all for it in rounds two and round three. But there's so many bigger needs that need to be addressed in round one. And to sit there and say, this is our why this is our QB one, but we know there are needs. I want to build around this guy. I want to give him weapons. And then to sit there and literally we're at a point where you're down to the leftovers at wide receiver. Will Fuller likely goes to Cleveland. I'm almost convinced at this point they're gonna get something I worked out. No, I wouldn't want him either. But then you're looking, you're staring down like, what are the biggest names left on the market? Like, you, there's really, like, you don't want T.Y. Hilton. You don't want, like, some of these guys you just don't want. It just doesn't make sense. Like, I'm just pulling up now. Julio Jones, he's 33. He's clearly shown major decline. Um, I would take him for a year, though, as as the, the vet. Agreed. Like, agreed. If, he, if, if he can stay, because if he can stay healthy, like, that's that's obviously a plus. But if we can get him to play, 12 13 of the 17 games just to be that vet in the locker room depending on what the contract would be i would take them agreed and then like i mean you're staring down a lot of similar to julio jones like jameson crowder stands out a little bit um cole Beasy's now out there not so much for me but i like aj green's there obj's still out there um like there's a few marcus valdez scanlon who's been linked to the eagles but like i don't think there's a he's true, gonna like, go back to green bay to be their number one receiver yeah i don't think there's a true you know number one like x type of guy like i think instead of the hopeful scenario of a 1a 1b i think we're going to get a true differentiation and like tiering of the wide receivers of a wide receiver one's devonta smith and whoever we bring in is probably going to be a clear wide receiver too um to which i'm fine with i'm not like i'm not going out there asking them to get a legit number one because that's how much like i we have Devontae. that's fine i want somebody that can because i don't want quez Watkins to be in the x i don't want quez Watkins being on the outside like he's not i don't i think that all this talk that the eagles are saying they have this all this belief in Watkins. i think that's a little fugazi I, i don't i think they're just talking them up so that when they were preparing us for them not actually going out there and doing a deal to, to get another legit number two receiver in here. Yeah, I mean, to me, like, I was fine with the prospect of a potential 1A, 1B for a year or two until Devonta Smith fully immersed and emerged. Like, maybe this year is another year like last year, but then year three, I think Devonta Smith, it's wheels up, he's gone, he's going to the moon. But, like, it would have been nice to have Allen Robinson or Juju or someone who might have been able to share a similar load that we say 1A, 1B. Now I'm not convinced I wouldn't give 120 targets to almost anyone still remaining on the market. Like, I wouldn't trust them if we're going to throw the ball a lot more. I wouldn't trust these guys to contribute that much with all these targets like other names that were on the market beforehand. So that's kind of what disappointed me. You stand there, you say, Jalen Hurts is our guy. You want everyone to buy. You have a split fan base. Half of them want it. Anybody but Jalen Hurts. The other half are defending Jalen Hurts. And then there's a small crowd that wishes Carson Wentz was still around. But like, you have a split fan base and you've done nothing to get the fan base to buy into this offense. You haven't even done anything in your backfield. You have Kenneth Gainwell and Miles Sanders. You haven't brought Jordan Howard. You brought Boston Scott back, who was use, who's usually useless unless it's against a New York team. So mm-hmm. you've pretty much put back to yourself into a corner where, yeah, you're going to go after the leftovers again, but what are those leftovers going to be and how much can those leftovers contribute to what you expect to be a big jump forward for Jalen Hurts? Yeah, and and that's the key. We, you know, going into this past season, we wanted to know if, if, Jalen Hurts can be a franchise quarterback, and that question was not answered. I mean, if we had to say an answer right now, it's probably leaning towards more towards no than it is towards yes. But th- that's what they need to find out again, and you have to get them all the weapons to help. They can't sit here and look at this offense and be like, yeah, we're satisfied. We know that the offensive line is good, but obviously if there's an injury, they, they do have depth because the injuries that we've had over the last couple of years to the offensive line have allowed a lot of players to play. So maybe that's not as horrendous, but if if a receiver gets hurt, if Devontae Smith gets hurt, who the hell is Jalen Hurts throwing the ball to? If Dallas Goddard gets hurt, who's the backup tight end? If Miles Sanders gets hurt, which happens a lot, who's the backup running back? Again, like Gainwell and Scott don't do it for me. Um, And then obviously with all the holes on the the defensive side of the ball, something has to to give. They They better be making or opening up this cap space 
to make a move, whether it's trading for a receiver, uh, trading for a corner, trading for whatever, a linebacker, I don't know. But something has to be done, and it better be done soon because we we came into this free agency with a lot of excitement. And the Eagles, you know, thinking about it, like the Eagles are a team that doesn't like to be overshadowed in Philly. And what the Phillies have done over the last couple of days and getting Kyle Schwarber and uh, Nick Castellanos, whatever, however you, had, you say his name, uh, Castellanos, like, and then that crappy basketball team trading for James Harden, like, now the, the Eagles see that, like, while, while the Eagles are always going to be the number one team in this town, and every and it's going to be football, football all the time once the season starts, they don't want to be overlooked up until training camp, up until preseason. They have to make a move to get them to the t- to get them on the front of the you know as they used to say on the front of the newspaper to get them at the front of the sports page. Um, so hopefully they're seeing that they they don't want to be the 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 team not talked about in this town. So hopefully that the, they got something up their sleeves to where they make a move and they become to to the forefront in this city once again. Absolutely. I mean, at this point, you need to bring us. You need to get the Eagles back up there. And and to the four like you, Philadelphia's become such a, it's such a passionate sports town. But I feel so bad for the fan bases. Like the Philadelphia Flyers are delusionally convinced they're doing a re retooling. And they're about just, to trade Giroux. So they're trading Giroux. He could come back next year. Whatever you just signed, risked the line into a five year, five million dollar per ex, per year extension like there's nothing that paints this picture of a retooling it just paints a picture of a complete mess in philadelphia you got the phillies who i mean at the end of the day there's just way more powerful teams out there that you have to take down that i would not trust the philadelphia phillies to go one-on-one within a three-game five-game or seven-game series um the Sixers, like you say, that could be interesting, but I mean, it's so like so. They're the losing Eagles, by the second round, so <laughs> the Eagles are probably the dying hope, and there was so much expectations for Howie Roseman, and like it felt like the wind came out of the sails the day that extension announcement was announced. Oh yeah, there has it, it, everything went dead quiet as soon as Howie's extension got announced and nothing has happened. Nothing's picked up except him doing typical Howie things, bringing back some of I the really was people hoping, from last year again. I really was hoping that Jeff Lurie was waiting to see what Howie did to make sure that he, he nailed the draft class and, and to see, like let him be a lame, lame duck GM because I don't really know if another team would go out there and hire him right away if he became a free agent, whatever, if he, if he got let go by the Eagles. Let him force him to show that he knows what the hell he's doing. Now he knows he has security. Now, if he wants to trade some picks in the first round, he can. If he wants to make questionable calls like the regular over Justice Jefferson, he can without ramification. And that's what bothers me. Absolutely. It just feels like self-preservation. I I would have been of the mindset of you. Like, we're going to see how free agency goes. We're going to see how the draft goes. It's not like a player. If another team reaches out to Howie Roseman and says, we want you, they have to wait till next year unless he gets fired. So it's not like there's any risk of losing Howie Roseman or having him poached this season. Maybe some other teams will show interest. Whatever it is, what it is. You can show all the interest you want. We watched. We are in. We're not a QB factory. We're not like a Super Bowl factory. We are a front office factory. We are producing people who end up promoted into new front office roles every single year. Like we got Joe Douglas out, we got Barry out, we got a couple more guys who went this season. It's con- and they're constantly getting interviewed. We are a front office factory. It's a highly intelligent front office. It's a really good front office. And I think that Howie continues to see these people out and create these people and see these people out. And Jeffrey Lurie is just completely blind. I think him and Howie are so interconnected and he doesn't realize the talent of the pros, the pool of people he has below Howie who could run this team equal, if not better. So, like, even, to if, Howie he didn't want, if, he didn't, even if he didn't want to fire Roseman, let Roseman handle the business side of it. And I think I've said this time and time again let Roseman handle the business side and get somebody else in here to handle the football side. Yeah, get, happens, I think, I'm like, get, like, to me, it's get a, a talking piece, like a Roger Goodell. That's your, your manager. And then you have this guy. 
Howie reporting to you from the business and financial side, and then you have another guy reporting to you from the scouting side. Have like this two three-headed monster with one of them just being a talking head and the middleman. Give Howie some fancy title. Give him the same amount of money. We don't care what Jeffrey Lloyd pays to Howie Roseman if it means it he takes on a different cap. role. Yeah. yeah, it doesn't affect the salary cap. It doesn't affect us as long as he is no longer the general manager. Get a yep. general right. manager, a talking piece general manager, and then have two or three people who report up from other sections to this guy, and then there's an ultimate final decision made. But Howie Roseman, yeah. I give it, he's he can do the contract, he can handle the business, he can handle the finances, that's fine. But have just just different form of of front office would be really nice because there's a lot of intelligent people who deserve some opportunities and they're getting those opportunities elsewhere while Howie Roseman continues to make self-preserving moves. Yep. So before we finish off, what's one move, what's the the next move you want the Philadelphia Eagles to make? If there's one person you would like them to sign, trade for, uh, release, whatever, what should it be? What should the next move be for Howie Roseman and the Eagles? We have literally talked endlessly on this show about the importance of the safety position in Gannon's offense. Defense. He, he, defense, sorry. He missed on a lot of the guy. He missed on all the guys he needed. Mm-hmm. At this point, I think the move I want to see, and I understand it's a, it's a big splash from a name perspective. It may not be from a, what can he bring to us perspective? I think he can still be good. I think he can be better than any safety we have on roster. It's got to be Tyron Matthew. Mm-hmm. The draft is good, but it's not good at the top. But the draft gets peppered with safeties throughout. A lot of, you know, dynamic safeties who played multiple different roles in a defense. But I'm not prepared to sit there and say, you bring in Jaquan Brisker or you bring in Jalen Petrie, that you're getting a starting caliber franchise safety. Mm-hmm. They're not Kyle Hamilton. It just isn't the answer. Tyron Matthew automatically ensures you have one guaranteed safety you can have out there for 90% plus snaps a game that you can trust to take on a role that you can trust to cover 50% of a football field. Then the second you can figure out, I trust Marcus Epps. I trust Rodney McLeod. I very barely trust Anthony Harris, but I trust Anthony Harris. I trust that if you split that role between two guys or three guys, that it can be finally worked out and it can be sufficiently worked out for the season but i think it's got to be tyron matthew it's got to be the safety position it as much as be. i as much as i want it to be tyron matthew they're probably going to resign rodney mcleod that's because that's what the eagles do that but just hurt like the fact move, that they did harris and i agree with you i feel mcleod's coming i feel they're going to draft a safety they're going to try the kevon wallace-esque move again let's see if we can develop someone to step up into the position home grow the talent and i just don't trust it my move would be trading for a receiver. Um, I don't whether it's Robert Woods, DK Metcalf. Um, the Eagles have to trade for a receiver to bring in here to to line up across from Devontae Smith. Not only would that help Devontae Smith, but it would help Jalen Hurts in finding out if he is the legit franchise quarterback that you want. Um, well, and I agree that they do need to improve the safe position, and like I just don't see them putting out a bunch of money to a what is he 30 year old safety. I, I, mm-hmm. I just don't see the Howie Roseman and the Eagles doing that, unfortunately. Um, so I'm going with trading for a receiver. Um, hopefully it happens. I don't know if it will happen, but that's the move I want to see next. And hopefully with creating this cap space, there's some, they got something planned. At the end of the day, for me, it's got to be one of those two positions. Like I'm, I'm okay with your, your, your idea. I'm equal. I like. It's not a greater than or less than situation. They're equal need. And I would take either of those moves because it's just such a necessity. And Howie has botched these trade scenarios just all season. Mm -hmm. Andre Dillard, what are we waiting for? The left tackle is such a massive need. Maybe the market grows after the draft when people see, oh, I didn't get Evan Neal. I didn't get Ekamakwanu. I didn't get certain names to cover my tackle position. Let's go out and see who we can get in a trade. Maybe maybe it is a smart move to wait on Dillard until after the draft um, and see where the market goes. But like, and Fletcher Cox, that situation, I just don't think it was tradable. I don't think the contract was tradable. I don't think you were going to get anyone to take on any more it's of that money. Now. The, the weird thing is, though, like, obviously they won't do it now, but say the season goes off the rails, 
it's tra- his contract's tradable now. They, they could trade him by the trade deadline in, in the, during the season. But like, I feel like in a trade scenarios, Howie is that stickler who's like, I'll give it, I, I want a second. Okay, we'll give you a three and a five, and you give us a seven back. And I feel like he's that stickler who's like, nah, I got to hold to this. I got to hold. This is a value I got. I got to hold true date. And I feel like it's why we're missing out. I don't know if it's like he's good with contracts or he's not good with. He's he's done some incredible trades in the past. And it's admirable. The Carson Wentz trade, the Sam Bradford trade. There's been some deals that are just so admirable to see what he did last year with. Um, oh God, what was it? Gideon Gardner Minshew. Uh, trading Joe Flacco for a, a pick like he's made some such good trades but when it comes to how he values guys like Andre Dillard Jalen Reger it almost feels like he wants what he invested into them and it's just not going to happen it just isn't going to happen it's not so he, he he well he needs to make smart he just needs to make a smart move and again that's where I don't have faith in him um, I'm hoping yeah. the Darius Slay restructure today. I'm hoping it's a sign that he's deep in talks with players or deep in talks with the team and mm-hmm. something's happening. I got like I got every finger I can cross crossed right now on that. Yep, I agree with you there. So hopefully we will see. Um so we have Hassan Reddick brought back released and brought back Fletcher Cox within the last this is the last time we recorded. Brought brought back Boston Scott. Uh restructured Darius Slay. As you can tell, these are mainly underwhelming moves by Howie and the Eagles, but there's still plenty of time uh, for them to make moves. Um, But yeah, so we'll we'll see how things go uh, over the next couple of weeks as we get deeper into free agency, because there are still big names out on the market. Um, As always, you can follow us on Twitter at Kelly Green Hour, follow Connor on Twitter at Connor10, and follow me on Twitter at uh, at LJHorrell. 54 wherever you're listening to us please rate and review the show um you know and if, if you want to or if, if, if there's anything you want us to talk about feel free to dm us at kelly green hour and we will definitely add that to uh, add the topic add add the segment to our next show before connor i'm lj thank you for listening to the kelly green hour <laughs>